welcome to this week's mini episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the critical look we took last week. This week we'll be talking about um, some of the things that we brought up when we were talking about The Incredibles. Um, And then just some general Pixar business, since I feel like that's one of those things that we will keep having to jump back to as we continue. Let's just address a bunch of it all at once, right? My name is Sarah. I am the mom of a four-year-old little boy. And with me this week for this mini episode is Briar. And I'm the mom of a 17-year-old girl, an 8-year-old boy, and a 2-year-old boy. And now, we actually can say, so if you want to hear more about this thing, you can come check out the mini Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And thanks for joining me on a mini episode. That's a big event. This I'm one was just so important excited. we had to be here. Yes. Well, there's a lot to cover with this one. Yeah, yeah, this is probably going to be less of a mini episode and more of a episode. Shh, shh, <laughs> shh, don't tell them. Okay. Okay, shh. no, this is going to be 15 minutes, don't look at your thing. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that we were talking about uh, in the Incredibles episode was the the logo um, that brings you in, because it's like the computer animated Disney castle instead of the more photorealistic Disney castle that they have these days. And I don't know, I just, I guess I never really paid attention to that in early Pixar because I didn't remember ever seeing that. So I went back through and I checked all the times that that logo appears because nobody that I could find on the internet has already done that. So here's some hot news for you guys out there, listeners. This is information (laughs) you cannot find anywhere else. These are the movies that Because feature. nobody cares. Let's be clear here. <laughs> nobody is obsessive enough to care about it like we care about it for yes, you on your behalf. For you. We do it all for you guys. I just went through and watched a boatload of Pixar Disney openings on YouTube. So, the logo that's like the computer animated castle appears in Toy Story, A Bug's Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, Cars. Ratatouille has it, but it does not have the song that is played on all the other ones. It's not in Wally, And as far as I can tell, Wally has no castle. And then in the Pixar logo with Lumo, the little guy, the little lamp. I didn't um, know he had a name. I'm pretty sure it's Lumo, yeah. That doesn't uh, surprise me that no. he has a name. That <laughs> seems well on brand. Right. Right. So in that logo, in that Pixar version on Wally, Wally's actually there too. And then, so Up is the first Disney Pixar movie with the photorealistic castle that we know of today, you know, where you see the river and the animated uh fireworks and stuff so cars or no ratatouille was the last one that had mm-hmm. that logo so there you go guys i know you were all just dying, dying. to find out that dying was, you, to know it's the whole reason you tuned in today <laughs> okay so we also talked about spawn the first thing it was it was released in 1997 it made 87.8 million 
off of a $40 million budget, which we call a commercial success. Even if it's not a lot of money, if it makes more than how much it cost, it's considered a commercial success. Um, well, because Hollywood does that thing where they have funny math to try to make nothing a success. Right, right. For, for like tax purposes, right? Right. So if it makes more than their funny math, then it's a commercial success. Mm -hmm. The comic book itself was first released in 1992, and we're coming up... I, I didn't go and check, and I... Didn't feel like going this far down the rabbit hole, but we're on like 298, 299. Book 300 is probably going to be released very soon, so that'll actually be a thing. And in comic book land, that's a big deal. We're, gum we're coming up on 23 years. 20 I can't add. 92, 27 years? 29. Yeah. Yeah, 27 years. I'm, I'm really bad at math. Clearly, that's what we should walk away with here, is that Briar is bad at math. Yeah. So, book 300 coming up soon. Big deal. And they are rebooting the film. So, it starts this summer. Um... I couldn't find a lot of casting information, but I do have Jamie Foxx as Spawn, and I find that to be perfectly acceptable. And then Jeremy Renner will be Twitch, who, gosh, it's been a long time since I've seen the first movie, but I don't actually think Max and Twitch are in the m movie, or the first movie. They will be in the second movie, so they're cops and there's this whole interplay and twitch is an expert marksman with guns so it'll be a lot of fun to watch hawkeye with guns that's that's really so the whole been, point there but he's been typecast as an expert marksman apparently jeremy <laughs> renner can only play an expert marksman i mean because you could go through his list and there's a few in, in there uh, uh, yeah <laughs> Okay, so part of what we wanted to address in this episode was just the history of Pixar. Um, it's, oh, guys, it's kind of a convoluted history. I tried to read through as best I could, and I'm just going to caveat this with, I am obviously not a Pixar history expert. I am certain that there are books about this, if not one, multiple um, oh, basically, there are the, multiple. I am yeah. <laughs> certain of it. This seems like a storied history. Uh, Pixar uh, started in 1974 as Computer Graphics Lab, which was affiliated with the New York Institute of Technology, um, the founder of which he wanted to create the world's first animated film. Oh, that makes sense, right? All right. So CGL became involved with Francis Ford Coppola and George Lucas and they because they all shared this vision for like computer animated film and I you, know, you can see why right uh, 
things get really strange here. There's like a whole part where like a bunch of the people from CGL end up like jumping ship and then not working for a year so they can then work for uh, whatever version of Lucasfilm, LucasArts, Industrial Light and Magic that that was. Oh, um, really? Right. But... At, but Lucas still has, like, an ownership stake in CGL at that point. So, like, that's where I can't, like, you would really, I think, need to dig in a lot deeper than I was prepared to do for this <laughs> well, mini-episode. Well, has his fingers in a lot of pies still to right. this day. Like, George owns the licensing rights for all the Star Wars characters. So it doesn't even matter if he ever made another movie after that because he owns all of the licensing for any of the action figures, any of the lunch boxes, all of that stuff goes straight into George's pocket. So it doesn't actually surprise me that he was, at least initially... Right. So after that whole situation, and um, like I said, I'm not entirely clear on how that all played out. Um, the members that remained decided that they would focus more on being a hardware company, and that was using their Pixar image computer. Um, that was their core product. It was at that time primarily sold to government agencies and the scientific and medical community. So then they became independent. And Steve Jobs showed interest. At one point, like, Lucas turned down his offer, but then, like, accepted it. Uh, he, Steve Jobs, had recently been fired from Apple, and he was the founder and CEO of a new company called Next. Now, I don't remember anything about this company. Do you? Like, do you know anything about this company and, like, its place okay. in history? Because I don't. Next was... I think largely a failure, but yeah. I can't tell you how or why or in what way. Right. Only that I believe after Next declared bankruptcy, and I could be wrong, it could have just kind of died a slow death, but when Next died is when Steve went back to Apple. Right, yeah. Okay, so... Um, so Steve Jobs paid $5 million of his own money to George Lucas for the technology rights, and then he, invent and he invested $5 million cash as capital into the company and joined the board of directors as chairman. Uh, that is when Disney was interested in what Pixar was doing, and they eventually bought and used the Pixar image computer and the custom software. Um, their intention being that it would assist in the 2D animation because, you know, it's like a tedious process to just re-ink everything. Um, at that point, Jobs also tried to market that system to, like, mainstream users instead of just focusing on, like, the government and medical and whatever. Uh, but it was a failure, and it didn't sell, and it almost put the company out of business. In 1990, Pixar sold the hardware side of the business. 
Uh, they made a historic $26 million deal with Disney to produce three computer animated feature films, the first of which was Toy Story. So then, I mean, you, I think we're all a little familiar with the fact that like the whole Pixar Disney situation was always seemed a little tension filled because they were always kind of back and forth. And it seems like the, um, the reasoning for that was because when they made that three picture deal, um, after the success of Toy Story, Toy Story 2 was originally supposed to be a direct-to-DVD release. Um, it ended up being a theatrical release, and Pixar wanted that to be included as one of those three pictures, but Disney did not think that it should be included as one of those three pictures because of the origin of it being that it was going to be like a direct-to-DVD release. So of that course. was like the... So that was the start of the tensions between the two. And, and to like add into that, at that time, you have Steve Jobs and Michael Eisner. And that those are the two people making the negotiations here. And both of them are notoriously difficult people to deal with. So the disagreements between the two of them just kind of like escalated all of that. In the end, when um, Disney ended up acquiring Pixar... It was like right after uh, Michael Eisner left. So <laughs> it was that's like they could finally facilitate conversations between the two of them. So that's where we are. That's the Disney Pixar uh, connection. And like I said, I am sure that you can get into much deeper, 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 deeper <laughs> amounts of information about this. Much but deeper. I'm not the person to do it for you. No, but. You are the person to watch Spy Kids for us, since you could not, we could not find any information about the guns being shot at children in Spy Kids. I nominate right, you. We... <laughs> I nominate you. We could not verify if the level of violence towards children in Spy Kids was equal to that in The Incredibles. So, I guess someday I'll be required to watch Sky Kids. And, or Spy Kids, rather, and come back with my comparison. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm really not looking forward to it, guys. <laughs> I, sorry. Yeah, I, I'd feel bad, but I don't want to watch it at all, so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not an Antonio Banderas fan? You know, my husband mentioned something about Jessica Alba in Leather, and I'm like, that's still not enough either. <laughs> if I want to watch Jessica Alba in skin-tight clothing, I'll just watch Fantastic Four. There's other options. That one yeah. <laughs> is at least got something resembling a plot. Right. So then the other thing that I was positive I would be able to find, and I could not find, I cannot believe that nobody has done any kind of like a comparison video of the chase scene in The Incredibles with Violet and Dash through the woods and the chase scene on Endor. Because it so. seems like they're just... It's obviously... In oh, reference it's to that. so obvious that it's <laughs> supposed to be that chase. I mean, so obvious. So, like, I can't believe nobody's done it. I don't. Uh, no, I, I can't, can't edit a video for you guys. I'm sorry. I mean, I have to draw the line at watching all the Pixar openings. I do not have the ability to edit a video <laughs> for you. But it's there. It's got to be. 
right? Surely I just can't. some Redditor. Surely somebody, somebody on, the internet on Reddit has right? had this thought, and right? Um, oh, and then one other thing. I was actually at brunch this morning with a friend of mine who listens to the podcast. Friend of the pod. Aww. <laughs> Aww. We have and friends she... of the pod. Hi, Ashley. <laughs> she <laughs> mentioned that, um, I don't think we brought this up in the episode, but all of the kids' names actually kind of refer to their abilities. So the obvious one Dash makes sense, Dash, you know, yes. speedy. But Violet can alter ultraviolet light, and that's how she becomes, like, invisible. Invisible, Right? Duh. Yeah. And then Jack-Jack is the jack of all trades. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so thank you, Ashley, for that amazing, amazing uh, theory. I don't even know if it's a theory. I think that's got to be true, right? I, that seems good to me. I like it. It's headcanon accepted, okay? Yeah. Yeah, we're going with it. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of headcanon, holy cow. We have Holy headcanon. <laughs> the grand unifying theory of Pixar movies. So we mentioned this and it's a long theory, guys. There's a book. I've The book has disappeared. I don't know if the publisher has gone out of business or if it's been cease and desisted out of existence. I have reached out to the author to see if I can acquire a copy and I'll keep you guys posted on that one. But what I have been able to piece together, so I'm going to start with the prehistory of the good dinosaur and then I'm just gonna go through the Incredibles and then we'll pick up the rest of this some other time so the author John Negroni who you can find on his website at johnnegroni.com created this in 2013 he says he found it from a YouTube video so I don't even think he's claiming it just that the belief is that all Pixar films exist in the same universe. So, if you go to pixartheory.com, there's a pretty, like, graphic and stuff. Like, you can click around forever, although it doesn't have all of the current films now. So, we start with The Good Dinosaur, which... The genesis there is that the asteroid doesn't hit the planet. And because the asteroid doesn't hit the planet, everything that happens from there is explained because all of the dinosaurs didn't die. Guys, I just, there's so much here. So all of the dinosaurs didn't die. We see them with technological ability and there's something are you familiar with the fermi theory no okay so i'm this... familiar with the good dinosaur <laughs> <laughs> that's more of my my wheelhouse <laughs> so, so this is physics and there's the fermi theory is about the universe and 
the idea is that if there is so much space out there, where the fuck is everybody? And the Fermi theory offers a number of explanations for why it seems to be such a lonely universe. One of those things is the Great Filter. And what the Great Filter is, is the point at which a society catastrophically fucks up and ruins itself. So there are a number of theories as to whether or not we have passed the Great Filter or are on our way to the Great Filter ourselves as a planet. Okay. But in the Pixar universe, the Great Filter is on its way for the dinosaurs. Because there's a lot made so in So the this dinosaurs movie. pass the filter and that? No, no. See, they haven't actually been filtered out yet. Okay. <laughs> they haven't been filtered out yet, but they are on... Things are rough for the dinosaurs. We hear it a lot in that movie. We don't even have this one on the schedule until no. like fourth an- or fifth season. So... If you haven't seen The Good Dinosaur, it is a strange movie. Essentially, The Good Dinosaur is dinosaurs as an agrarian society, right? Mm -hmm. With, like, ranchers. The Mm -hmm. T-Rexes are ranchers. Mm -hmm. The Brontosauruses are farmers. And the cave people are... They're pets (laughs) so they're like wild animals they're they're the ones that steal the corn from the farmers and the dinosaur adopts one and it like basically they have like a, a little boy and a dog relationship but if you dig a little deeper there's some weird <laughs> stuff in this like well, yeah, the, the dinosaurs well i mean beyond the weird of the weird <laughs> The dinosaurs have a hard life. Like, yeah, the the it's 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 tough to farm, and for whatever reason, they can't eat the regular food, so they can only eat the crops that they grow. There's a point at which the dinosaurs get sick because they try to eat like grass, and yeah. so. <laughs> It's such a weird movie. So there's all these things that are just super bizarre about the dinosaurs and how they are slowly going extinct versus all perishing at a once. Big, yeah. But it's important in the Pixar universe because of oil. Okay? Okay. So cars the oil thing is a real problem in especially in cars 2 which we will just pretend we didn't have to mention at all and there are issues with oil in um BNL has stuff there's it's mentioned in Wally that there were petroleum problems so there's all kinds it carries of, through the whole universe right There are all kinds of indicators that there wasn't enough oil because all of the dinosaurs didn't die at once. And we do know from extinction level events that 
that compression of all of that carbon is what creates fossil fuels. Ah, okay. I get so it now. Because they didn't all die at once, we don't have the it's same dispersed amount. too much. Right, right. <laughs> right. I, oh, it gets better. Gosh. I it gets am better. waiting. I'm just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was aware that this thing existed, that this theory existed, but my goodness, I did not know. I keep spent- going. I am just intrigued. I've spent a lot of time <laughs> digging into this, guys. It's, it's, it's wow. Okay. So next we move on to Brave, which is relevant because this is where magic first appears in universe. So are you going through these like chronologically? Chronologically, the- a- according to the historical. The Pixar universe. Right. 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 The not release Pixar- date. No, not release date. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. Okay. So we go from the good dinosaur to brave. Right. So like medieval. Right. 1600s is what John has placed it as. So <laughs> we, we get the introduction of magic here, which is how we get talking animals in universe. So the the magic bears turning turning humans into bears is it's what the precursor is the precursor to all of the talking animals that are in the Pixar universe. Okay. Okay. That's relevant because of Kevin. <laughs> I know. I know. If you didn't catch that, Kevin is the bird from Up. Now, in-universe, Up actually takes place in, like, the 1990s. But the Charles Muntz expedition to the Amazon takes place in possibly the 30s. And That's the impression I have. It looks very, like, newsreel-y, like, right. 30s. So, Charles Muntz goes to the Amazon, he finds Kevin, and according to um, the producers of Up, there was a sequence that was cut out that explains that Kevin's eggs are what allows Charles Muntz to live longer, right? Okay. Okay. Because he went in the 30s, and right. he's the same age, right? Well, that, he's aged, but not like as but not much a lot. as like Carl has right. aged. Carl's aged a lifetime. And was Charles, a child. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So those eggs are important because the eggs are what the, we'll call it the United States, but we can't actually stipulate to it being the United States, but the, the, the government uses to experiment on people to make supers super. <laughs> Kevin's eggs. Kevin's eggs. In timeline, the expedition to the Amazon was in the 30s. The superheroes as we are aware of them in The Incredibles, 
is mid fifties. Yep. So when you watch the newsreels about the supers talking about their previous experience, there is some indication that they've all been formally trained, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And there's obvious some level of government involvement mm -hmm. because we have what's his name dickers right who the agent in right. charge of right the pars. so there's this whole superhero program and there was going back a ways so if you believe that they're all interconnected then Kevin has evolved from the dinosaurs in the good dinosaur. Okay. Magic is what makes animals talk. Okay. With Kevin's ya. eggs are what makes superheroes super. Got it. Okay. Now we got to go a little bit farther here. Because in the 1950s, we have syndromes technology, which is pretty significant, relatively speaking. So syndrome creates zero point energy, or he harnesses zero point energy, which is theoretically the energy that makes inanimate objects animate so zero point energy is oh where... because of the robots he has right because oh. <laughs> it's what makes the robots sentient and that's oh, how God. they become <laughs> wally <laughs> now it's really important to understand here i haven't even mentioned the great civil war like that's all coming there's a civil war here between <laughs> robots and and animals and the humans get sent away on a spaceship like <laughs> and i'm gonna stop here because i feel like i mean the thing is, is that if you actually examine the evidence, it's all pretty compelling because Pixar puts in Easter eggs. I mean, yeah. they have the truck is is one that the Pizza Planet truck, the Pizza Planet truck, right? And it's in various places in the Good Dinosaur. It's rocks. I guess. I don't know. Hmm. I'm legally blind. I don't see anything anyway, so I don't try and find Easter eggs. So I have no idea about whether they... But And then there are things like it's believed that the witch is Boo from I've heard Monsters, that before, Inc. Yeah. The witch trying, from Brave. Right. The, the witch from Brave is Boo trying to find Sully because... Sully is carved on a wall and in the door that she disappears through. Right. And so the theory is that she didn't actually go back to her own 
place, right? Right. That know that she's traveling through time. I guess to look for Sully. So (laughs) the it, it it falls apart a little bit because of the monsters because they seem to be kind of like, like where in do a they fit parallel well in timeline they fit in in the same range like there is a theory that Sid from Toy Story had a monster and okay. that's why he's terrible he's terrible so, like, I, I've always kind of felt like the monsters were, like, in a different dimension, right? Right. I mean, but <laughs> they're, I don't know, how do they, where Where are the doors? How do they get to the children? That one's never fully explained in either of those movies. There's yeah. no actual where the monsters are relative to like where. Like, what space do they inhabit? Right. We know that it's kind of the same space because, like, there's that whole uh, trailer scene and the whole, Um. and all the stuff with the Yeti. So it appears that they're on the same planet, I guess, but where is not answered. Yeah. So. More questions than answers. I, I really I could continue for hours on this and it's still I, guys it's a fun one if you have nothing to do or you are terribly terribly bored just google the Pixar theory I guarantee you you will lose the next eight hours of your life I wonder if anybody has picked it up with the most recent ones because you said uh, Oh, no, John is still writing about it oh, on okay. his site. I don't know what happened to the book. And it was on Amazon at one point in time. You can Google and find reviews for it. You can see it on Goodreads. I can't go What was the title? Do you anywhere. remember? It's, uh, I believe, give me uh, books. Called the Pixar theory. Okay. Maybe it's maybe somebody has it in their library out there. And Bouncing it's around. supposed the the publisher was Slim Books, and when I go there, I get a GoDaddy holding page. Uh... So. Which and yeah, I can't I can't find it anywhere else. So yeah, I've reached out to John to see if maybe I can get a copy of the book. Maybe we can have him on. That'd actually be an interview worth doing for us. John, if you're out there, let us know. We'd love to have you on our show. We're very interested in your theory. I think that's everything for us this week. As always, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook. We're on Twitter. We don't like it, but we're there. Our website is latchkeymovies.com. You can email us at latchkeymovies at gmail. Review us on iTunes. Send in your kid opinions. We really want them. We would love to hear something from one of you guys. Our phone number is 402-885-4875. We will see you again next week. 